Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another episode of... I'm not going to follow that. We're talking Trek Wars, and as you are listening to us, that means we're back. <laughs> yes. We're bad. We're ugly? Well, it's... What is it? We're back. We're bad. He's black, and I'm mad. It was Yeah, that's weapon. why I didn't finish it. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm Jewish, not black. Okay. Yes, that is a that is an accurate statement. Yes. And I am just... Confused. Exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. We're back. Star Trek is back with new episodes. A lot of stuff's been happening, and so the majority of the show is going to be about Picard. But I don't think we should start there. I think we should start with the internet shitting all over itself over something that happened in the United States. Okay. All right, I don't like I said I don't know how we're going to be able to talk about this without offending somebody. But maybe last week's episode offended enough people and they left. Who True. knows? So let's go. You words recap the event in question, sir. So this past week, the POTUS tweeted out. The official emblem, seal, whatever you want to call it, of the United States Space Force. Division of the Air Force. Correct. Now, let's start off with some kind of actual factual information. If people are confused as to why it's considered a division of the Air Force, but yet said to be the extra branch of the military, please keep in mind this is not a new trope. Uh, the United States Marine Corps is a division of the United States Navy. Yes. So, there's nothing wrong there. Just accept. And initially, the United States Air Force was a division of the United States Army. Yes. So, so let's stop with that particular piece of issue, and let's. And then there's the Coast Guard. <laughs> we're, we're just going to leave them out of this. Thank you, Coast Guard. If I ever get stranded at sea, I know it's you who's going to take care of me. So, you guys rock. Um, I'm going to interrupt here. Uh, I'm still trying to get over being sick. So if I'm like I'm trying to muffle it and turn away, but you may hear some coughing in the uh, around your the microphone. Yes, we are not in the 24th century, nor have we found the cure for the common cold. No, no. I mean, uh, as much as I'd like to say, people should just put a lime in it. Yeah. To block the coronavirus, put yeah. a lime in it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 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 Indeed. Wow. All right. Back okay. on topic. Space Force. Space Force. And it looks a lot like what? The seal of the Starfleet Command. Yeah. And I mean, it is not like... It's damn close. It's not like it's a, like a, oh, wow, like I can see where they got an inspiration. It's like, you know, it's like, wow, that's... When are they going to sue the government for trademarking? That's the same thing right there. When are they going to... Trademark infringement. And I want to thank the internet for this particular event. Not because of the commentary, because the commentary has been all over the place, but specifically for the meme-worthiness of this. And one of the things I'm planning to do is I'm going to put a collage together of all of these memes I have collected, and I'm going to put it on our Facebook page. Okay. Because this shit is hilarious. All right. Because, I mean, my favorite one is... um, 
this, they have the Starfleet logo, and it says, what you find on Amazon. Space Force logo, what you find on Wish. <laughs> and for those who don't know what Wish is, Wish is like the generic knockoff version of Amazon. <laughs> like, the, all the products you get there are knockoffs. Well, it's almost like what you thought you bought on eBay, eBay what arrived in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's the thing. I am going to do a lot here to separate the person making the announcement from the design. Because we all know that individual may have had a right of refusal, but he did not do that design. I mean, that's logic, right? Yeah. I want to say, it is in. I want to look at it and go, they had the best of intentions. They wanted to make a nod to what we would want it to be, not what it necessarily is being portrayed as. Yeah. Now, if if they found a way to incorporate a Mako symbol, I'd be like, okay. I get that. That is more akin to that than what what you're going to do than what... Right, because as we all know, Starfleet specifically is a organization of exploration, not a military organization. Whereas Space Force is exclusively described as a military organization. And Starfleet is also a global effort and not one nation state's... Correct. Idea, be- because then again, I also thought... Nobody owns space or objects in space. That's why it's free and clear. And yet, well, we have a, a space force for that enemy that's in space. Which is basically, basically, it's going to be like, how can we do rapid deployment through the stratosphere and into the coronasphere? Yeah, that's one option. Um, I would say somebody got inside intel about what's really going on at Groom Lake. Somebody somebody heard there was going to be an attack at Utopia Planitia on Mars, and they're like, fuck, we need a space force. Meow. <laughs> um, Artificial intelligence is coming for us. You know, with, all, with the advent of um, um, expans- expansion of pronouns and identifications, I think... Maybe he took sense into a different into the wrong context. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, that was supposed to be funny, and I feel uh, like it was terrible. It was not good. It didn't land like. So that yeah, Space way. Force. That emblem. You've all seen it, and we we're all laughing at it. And then that's it. We're all laughing at it, and I don't think it's. I I, I want to attack it on one level alone. Well, I'm not even attacking it. No, no. But, I, oh, no. did you know that the the principal part of that symbol was around in the Air Force since 2005 when they had a when the first ideas of Space Force was first bandied about under George Bush W Bush <laughs> which is why I go back to you have to separate the logo from the person who announced it yeah I know I, I I get that so they, they 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 took like the the Delta a for lack of a better term for it is was a part of their logo before and now it's just been extrapolated to be what it is now yes but i don't think there's too much more to discuss beyond that here's what i would say from a sheer graphic design aesthetic when you compare it to the coast guard the marine corps the army it is 
childish and kind of stupid looking. And it really is too basic and generic amongst anything else. It really is someone just won boring. the Someone won the back of the comic book contest. Yeah. Yeah. Though that would be rude to the people who would actually submit for it because I think there's much better people out there. No, but I mean like the ones where it would be like, hey, send us your drawing and we'll tell you how to be a better artist. Like yeah. type oh, the yeah, clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. clip take, totally see that. Paint by numbers type. Paint, yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I and to bring up your point, right? It's this has been something that's been in the works for a very long time, and the internet needs to stop pooping all over itself about the person who uh, presented it, and focus on the merits of the product no, yeah, itself. No, but no, but I I don't necessarily think you can, because let's take it from a business standpoint. From a business standpoint, if you're sending it out there, there's no way in your R and D department and marketing says. This already exists in a similar fashion. We could be getting copyright and trademark infringement and face a lawsuit. We because it could be brand confusion. Maybe we should change it a little bit. Maybe we should alter it. Maybe we should think of something completely different. I mean, the answer is they should have thought of something completely different. So I mean, I I, I, I get it. That's what they should have done. I get it, but as a whole. As a whole, not just the emblem, but the division itself is fucking at this stage laughable. Yes, by by title alone, it's laughable. It's just, and that's pretty much all I want to say about it right now is that it's. <laughs> I just think it's funny. I mean, if this because... is a, if this is preemption to us finally getting a manned mission and a colony started on another planet. That, of course, is going to be policed by the Space Force because that's what you would do. That would make sense. Um, unless this preceding that, it's just a fucking joke. You know what I have to say to that to kind of wrap this up? What? It's been a long road. <coughs> Getting from there to here? Yeah. Wow. It's been a long time. But my time is finally here. I'm going to see my dreams. <laughs> okay. Okay, we're sorry. We're sorry, but that had to be done. That blasphemy. It, it's a thing. That fucking intro is a goddamn earworm. Because yeah, you and, hate and it, let me let me just you say hate this. it so much, and then you're like, this is this is like it's this is terrible. You know what? It's not that bad. You know, I kind of like this. It's like it's got that that horrific growing on you. Well, and then there's in a mirror darkly where you're just like. You're like, oh my god, this intro is so much better, but it also is very menacing, and but it's so much better. Yeah, and you're like, man, if you would have just switched all the minor chords to major chords and gave it a little bit more uplifting, you would have had a pretty good theme, right? Um, so so <laughs> I, I have a confession. We we we're gonna switch gears here. We're gonna have a we're you gonna have a confession. Have, we're gonna have talking Trek Wars confessional. Uh oh. Why do you say? Uh-oh. Yes, my child. Uh-oh. How may I absolve you? I, I have I have I have I have sinned, Father. I have I have. Did you gone... start watching Babylon Five? No, no. <laughs> and there's a lot of Trek fans that like Babylon Five, so I don't want to knock it too much. I actually on. didn't hate it when it was on TV. I never watched. I've never watched, watched a full episode. Um, because at the same time, you know, Space Above and Beyond was trying to be started on uh, Fox, and I really like that. Yeah. Um, I I, I opened a new avenue of collecting. 
You did. Yes. Yes. And it's that devil eBay. Okay. Um, so. What have you remember? Okay, acquired? Okay, let's. We're going to have a little history before we go into it. Oh, boy. So, now remember around Christmas time, I bought the Lady Nicole a gin or so hot toy on eBay. That's when my perusing of eBay started, right? And oh, I ended up boy. getting myself a cheer at Mway and all that stuff, you know, on there as well. Um, but, you know, I was thinking because, you know, I'm kind of out of room for starships. But if you, if we've talked about it before, my my QMX hot toys like uh, Star Trek figures, you know, I would place their three and three quarter 90s yeah. Playmates toy uh, yeah. in front of it of a different era. And I was like, you know what? I need to find more Monster Maroons because it's my favorite uniform. And uh, this is... the audience can't see this, but my eyes are closed and I'm shaking my head because I know where we're going with this. this is... <laughs> so I end up getting oh. the uh, the Scotty and the Chekhov from Generations in their Monster Maroons. I found a Lieutenant Savick from okay. Wrath of Khan. A Wrath of Khan Savick. Okay. Yeah. So a Kirstie Alley. A Kirstie Alley. Um, and then I found a three-pack with only one that I really wanted that had Picard from Tapestry in his Monster Maroon. Interesting. It, it also came. That. It also came with a Barkley and a Tasha Yar, but... Eh, it's the only way you could get the Picard in the Monster Maroon. So I'm 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 on the hunt for three and three quarter. Uh, and but here's the best part: I don't care about the cardstock condition, you know, because they may not be left in their packaging. Right, I was saying almost everyone that I've seen you have are all out. Yeah, because those are ones that were bought originally in the '90s. So I was like, I don't really care about that or whatever. So on a positive note, like. All these figures I've bought, I haven't spent more than thirty dollars. That's something. So, you know, yeah, it doesn't even come a fraction of close to uh, my Eagle Moss Enterprise A XL. Right, that's pricey. So, and again, just... I want to stress some frustration at Eagle Moss. Like, I understand that you're running out of ships to do, but you doubling down on the XL line is really getting annoying. No, I get it. I get it. You know, it's... I, I have I, neither the room nor the budget to spend on it. Yeah. Okay, that's a lie. I have not the room to spend on it. Okay, that's also a lie. I just don't want to. Because um, I'm, I'm looking at this, like, I have this nice big blank wall full of nothing. Um, well, I, I plan on... I still plan on... Like, I, I've said from the get-go, I plan on getting... I got the A. I plan on getting the B and the E. My three favorite of the Enterprises... Because the Doug Drexler uh, NX01 refit A refit A um, is is already a nice large size, and I already got the the Disco Enterprise. No bloody A, B, C, C or, or D. D. Um, so I don't plan on going too far down that rabbit hole. I had contemplated getting a Bird of Prey. XL because I, I'm not going to get all the little Klingon ones from yeah. Eagle. I mean, I could see uh, that uh, would be the next the, avenue. The one I, that you really want in the XL would be easy for you to make. You want the HMS Bounty, yeah. And I just have to paint that on there very childishly. 
Yeah, because the crappier you do it, the more it'll look like it's meant to. Mm-hmm. But... You just gotta find rust brown. It's almost reddish. Yeah, well, I said rust. Okay. Um, yeah, I think they're they're running out of ships to do. I I'm interested to see how they handle Picard if they if they open up another line of ships, like because you know there's the regular, yeah. there's Discovery, there's the XL. Are you gonna start doing Picard and start a new line of the ship of the month? Because I don't think you can really do that with Picard. Um, I think you need to add those ships at the normal size to the original line. That's a tough one, right? Or they're gonna, it's gonna because, come out the discovery I mean, line. Here we're talking. We've seen one episode, and in that one episode, we've seen a very familiar ship. We haven't called spoiler yet. Um, um, but no, I'm I'm thinking more of the the one Romulan ship. I mean, we've, seen. we've seen, again that was it. We've seen one Romulan ship, and in we've seen shuttlecraft but we've seen it kind of anecdotally thus far yeah um uh the scenes for the coming episodes give us a little more clear views which i have a gripe about but that's okay yeah we're we're what you gotta wait I'm, we're almost I there that's, i said that's okay <coughs> so yes i i do like the ships that they're putting out in the regular line they're filling out more of the United Earth Starfleet ships. It's just none of them, none of them really made an impact in the show the way the NX01, right? Or the, I mean, I'm surprised they haven't released the NX02 Columbia. It's just the same ship, just with a different. I don't. I think they should do it, honestly. Yeah, no, it would be. It's Captain Hernandez's ship. One might as well. Why not? Um. I mean, if we got Battle Armor Voyager, why not the Columbia? Or Partially Assimilated Voyager. We got, yeah. How about the fact that I actually kind of want... Or Warship Voyager, which is their, like, Mirror Universe yes. version. Uh, do you know what I actually kind of want? And this is going to sound really ridiculous. I want the Yamato. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The USS Yamato. Also known as the sister ship of the Enterprise. A.K.A. it's just another standard Galaxy-class starship. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. That's all I'm thinking about. So I'm, I I mean, I appreciate your, your, um, my collecting honesty. I needed to have something new. Ooh. And I did pick up the original run of Star Trek, the motion picture comics. Really? That sounds fascinating. Actually. And they are, they are the, they are from the seventies. So they are. Very poor artwork, but nice. They're musty. They're must. They got a nice, uh, like nice scent to them. Yeah. All right. Well, we've dillied and dallied. I believe it's time. Oh, uh, I do have a question for our audience. If we have listeners in the UK, I'm going to specifically ask that you reach out to us at talkingtrekwars at yahoo.com. Is there Star Trek stuff to do in London? That's a good question. Well, while I'm going to be there, I know they have they have the they had the Birmingham convention, but I'm talking like something that's easy for a person who doesn't have a car and doesn't want to spend all day on the tube or uh, too much, you know. Is there something specifically Star Trek to do in London? We're going to be doing some Harry Potter stuff and of course some football stuff, but I really like to 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 see if there's that avenue because 
we are while in Ireland going to go to Last Jedi sites. So I don't know. I I'm sure the the old interwebs could could inform me, but um, I think that might be a little too broad and just point you at conventions or past conventions. So yes, that's that's what I'd like an email from one of our UK listeners that could help do that i'm trying to i'm trying to get i'm trying to nail down more itinerary joshua in nicole in the uk <laughs> temba his arms wide. money his arms wide open <laughs> bank account his arms closed <laughs> His eyes unfurled. Um, oh, this has been off the rails today. It's it's fine. We haven't got back into the groove of it. We're not Stella, okay? Oh, we did not get our groove back. <laughs> um, oh, oh, oh. There's one more thing about the Monster Maroons and um, collecting. When's your ship shipping? Is that what we're talking about? Hmm? Didn't you buy something? Didn't you order it from... Uh... That one company that does stuff. When it's my jacket coming That's, from a Novos. Thank you. I, I'm glad you picked up on what I was throwing down. I did look into that. And my Star Trek V, the Final Frontier, Kirk, Monster Maroon, Bomber jacket will be here sometime in quarter one of this year. So you may actually have it in time for your trip to... I'm across not taking it across the pond. I'm not saying you me. take it. I'm just saying you'll have it in time for it. Yes, it's supposed to come, and they said more towards the end of quarter one. Although my pre-order of the pips and squeaks are not supposed to, are not expected to come into the warehouse until quarter three. You'd think those little tiny things would be easier to manufacture, but I don't understand what takes them so long on some of this stuff. I don't get it either. Uh, they the company has gotten new ownership management. Um, and near, they were getting sued uh, at the end of last year by people who said they paid for a pre-order and it's been three years and it was supposed to be there a year ago. Right. And you can't get a refund on your pre-order and you, they were just not talking and it was a lot about their exacting process but not having proper warehouse facilities, manufacturing facilities. Not being able to keep up with demand, right? Overselling things, right? And uh, just a lot of stuff and a lack of transparency when it comes to things. So they are trying to be better. So I got this information. I was about to email them, but instead I'm like, well, let me go on the website and see because they were supposed to reduce some stuff. And that's where I found out. I scrolled down, right. quarter one, whatever. Um, I'm really, really hopeful it comes this year. Preferably before I do another Star Trek trivia at the Nerd Out. That would be fun. Yeah. Not in the summertime. Speaking of, why would as I we that? lead into Picard, you and Strange Solutions Group did a Picard-themed trivia night at yes. the Nerd Out. Yes. Shout out to Mitch and the boys. Peace out. How did that go? Because, unfortunately, while I did contribute to the questions, I did not... 
show up to exude dominance yet again. Your Nora Satie question? Yes. Oh, that 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 broke some people. That was some bitterness. Really? Even amongst the Trek groups. Um, Why? So it was just one of those hard ones. Well, no, they got the Nora Satie part, but what episode did she appear in? And yes. the title that fucked them up. You know, they're just like because you would hear one of these things like ah or like. What was the registry number of the USS Stargazer? Ah, you know. Yeah, no. I'm glad that my replacement question could be so painful for people. Yes. Um. <laughs> the uh, how many enterprises had we seen Picard actually step foot on so far? That was another one where there you just saw people arguing. I almost threw in a bonus bonus question. I'm like, okay, now if we didn't say actually and we said in holodeck and timeline different timelines how many have he stepped on that would have changed the number but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't i didn't go that route because some people a lot of people forgot about the c everybody wanted this most people said two yeah so and it's three yes and don't get me wrong that question threw me for a hot minute but i got it well because like some of the questions that i asked came from my favorite episodes you right, know, I I left out my favorite favorite episode because I felt like the questions are too easy for that one. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so there wasn't that many. Go? Wait, wait. There there wasn't that many. There was only five teams, and okay. most of those teams had about three to four. Some had five people a part of it. Um. The nerd out was busy with other people though, but I will say this about the the Star Trek groups that did come. They were loud. They were enthusiastic. They were very boisterous. But they were quite civil. Yeah. They were it was it was actually quite refreshing to have people get like getting more frustrated with themselves and not like um argumentative at at me. Right. Like when we had Star Wars trivia the two days before Rise of Skywalker came out and I asked about the first EU character to be made into canon and everybody was arguing at the time that George Lucas considered the EU a part of canon and I said no he actually didn't That's that was a line that was fed out but George Lucas never did that wasn't GL canon and the answer was Ala Secura but half the people were fucking arguing and just couldn't get it Yeah, couldn't they couldn't let it go couldn't let it, wouldn't let it go the ones who did get questions wrong weren't like weren't like um excuse me um, Captain Decker was captain of the Enterprise, hence the captain. You know, they, you, you know, when they found me. out, when they, when they found out there was something that they may not have agreed with, they were just like, ah, oh, I see what you're going for. Damn it. Okay. And moved on. <laughs> you know? You're welcome for that little dig. I still stand by my protest. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Anyways. So they were they were quite lovely people, and they were all were very enthusiastic for Picard, which came out two days later. Speaking of which, let's har Picard. So I have now completed three watchings. I have done four. You had to one up me. No, no, I just I I, I wanted to watch it one more time for fun and one more time while taking notes. So you know you're getting kind of distracted while you're taking notes. So my first watch was on my iPad because I was sitting in my hotel room in Bastin. My first watch was on my tablet alone before I watched it with Nicole. 
Oh my goodness. She doesn't listen to the show, so I'm able to say that here without fucking fear. Fear, fear of reprisal. Um, okay, uh, I want to explain why I do it, but uh, if you don't mind. I did this with The Mandalorian too. I want to be able to watch... I like watching my science fiction in the complete dark. Maybe a little black, a backlit somewhere, or a little like night, nightlife, like theater style. Um, whereas my lovely, lovely, sweet, very, very opinionated girlfriend uh, does not. She always wants the light on. She doesn't like the lights being off. She says it hurts her eyes. Whatever. But it always, especially on the 4K TV with true, with you know, true black kind of cast a, a lamp glare like where we can see i can see my reflection in right mills's tv here and that's very distracting for me so i found that if i watch it by myself in complete silence on this little tablet where i'm nobody can see me drool <laughs> or right. scream or whatever uh i find i get much more enjoyment out of it so i'm already on the day it airs get two viewings locked in yeah, that makes sense. But with also a whole business day in between separated. So, yes, you first watched it on your iPad in Boston. In Boston. I came back home, and the first thing I did was, oh, I plopped my ass right down on that couch, and I watched it on my glorious big screen. Now you're Minnesotan? I don't know. Okay. Third watching was on there, too? Uh, third watching big screen first thing this morning. Okay. While I, while I was having some brekkie. And did you... Uh, don't ever say that again. Um, <laughs> did you... Shut your hole! It's like the people who always do the, the, the little Kevin, the baby Yoda memes, and they talk about wanting his chalky milk and chicky nuggies. I'm like... I don't understand the chicken... Where did the chicken nugget thing come I from? I don't even fucking care. Or chalky milk. I'm like, it's chocolate milk, it's chicken nuggets. Say it fucking right. I don't fucking get it. It pisses me off. How do I really feel? Um... So and, yes, first thing this morning. Uh, did you watch The Ready Room when you got home on the big screen afterwards, too? Uh, yes, I did not watch The Ready Room until I was home. Yeah, I did the same thing after I watched it with Nicole because Nicole also loves Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. We watched it afterwards. Now, they originally had said that it was going to be on CBS All Access, but instead it was I, I just went to YouTube and streamed it off of there on my big screen. Both were present. Um, I did watch it off CBS All Access. Oh, it is on there now? Yeah, oh, no. Because the first night it wasn't. Okay. I did watch it on CBS All Access. Um, so Which I do have a gripe, but it's about next week's show, the cl little clip they showed. Okay. Um, but we'll get to that after we talk about this week's episode. Okay. So let's... We're not going to go full har-har. Har-har-har. Um, I think we'll save that full har for when we do the whole the season, season as a whole. Yeah. Um, but let's... I, I have some notes, Easter eggs type like that. But let's talk about... What was your first feeling like the moment the the up coming up on the season of Picard? Right. Once that ended and you got to the official credits, credits, how did you feel? What was your first feeling? Satisfaction. Satisfaction. Okay. I mean, I I definitely had elements where I was like, I I my immediate feeling was both satisfaction and. <laughs> Holy shit, there was a lot of stuff in there. I need to watch this again. Okay. Now, I want to say something from when they ha when they showed the premiere and a lot of fan clubs and the celebrities were there. Um, the premiere showed the first three episodes. Right. And from what I've been told and what I've heard from 
other podcasts, but also people I speak to on the internet. Um, like The Mandalorian, the first three episodes form a mini arc within the season. So if you, whatever negative feelings some people may have about right. what may be con- uh, uh, considered an info dump yeah. at this one or heavy exposition, that gets resolved because the first three episodes are kind of meant to be a little mini movie, mini right. arc watched together. So I'm actually looking forward to, in three weeks' time, watching all three episodes back to back to make uh, together to make me see if it changes whatever lingering feelings I may have. Now I don't actually have too many negative or if any negative feelings about this episode, but that's getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, I want to be very clear about this. I have gripes. You have gripes? I have zero negative feelings. Okay. A gripe is not a negative feeling, right? I like it. I maybe have like one or two gripes, but nothing where it's like... Suffice it to say, and this is going to be rose-colored glasses at some level, I found I liked it to be amongst my top premiere episodes of the Star Trek franchise. I feel like that should have an asterisk by it. Why? Because most premiere episodes for Star Trek are, are a two-parter, and that there is always there is a, a larger question asked, but there's also a story resolution to whatever that first thing is. Now... I do think this is one of the better season openers. I place this high up like Broken Bow or The Emissary. Yeah, as yeah. my as my season starters. Or even even the caretaker, you know, is up there. Yeah. Um definitely not the season opener for uh the uh Vulcan handshake or whatever, the or Vulcan, the Vulcan Hello, Hello or whatever. And the Battle of Binary Stars. Yeah, or let's call a spade a spade. Encounter at Farpoint. It's is not that, or even I mean, original series didn't have really a proper opening. Yeah. It was just an individual episode, and we don't need to talk about the animated series because that's a continuation of sorts. Yeah. Um, but to me, it was very engaging because it also did everything I wanted it to do. But I would say he did most of what I wanted him to do. Just for the fact that I could see if you were not, if you're not a lifelong Trek fan, or even if you're not ultimately familiar with the storyline, even if you haven't watched everything, because you don't really need to have seen Deep Space Nine or Voyager or Enterprise to get what's happening here. The truth is, is you really haven't don't need an extensive next gen knowledge to get what's going on here. No, I think they did a fair. I think they did a fairly good job. If this was truly a standalone pilot, yeah, I because very quickly you get that. Thinking about this from kind of a a, a quarantine sterile point of view, you get that Romulans are a different race. You very quickly get that they're kind of cast-offs at this point because their home world was blown up. Some of them, yes. Yes. Uh, you get that um, Picard is no longer in Starfleet, whatever Starfleet is, right, if you don't know that. Yeah. And he left for reasons. 
Mm-hmm. You get that he's kind of tortured and living in a, a secluded life. Everything about this episode does a good job to me of being able to pick up the ball and run if someone knows nothing about his backstory. Yeah, but I think it also... With that being said, it does amazing fan service to those people who do know what's going yes, on. Yes, and I, I, I would call those Easter eggs. I mean, fan service has such negative connotations to me, but I can't believe I'm going to say this. Whereas the sequel trilogy fan service was very J.J. Abrams and just like the Kelvin Timeline Star Trek where it was very in-your-face Nothing subtle about it. Yeah. There was fan service done in here to the Favreau level of The Mandalorian, where it's like, if you know what this is, you are rewarded. Otherwise, you're like, oh, hey, there's that thing in the background. I don't know what that is, but it looks pretty cool. Yeah. You know? Or, like, skipping ahead, as my one main example of that is when Picard's talking to Dr. Girardi at the Dyson Institute... Um, Daystrom. Daystrom, excuse me. Um, I, I got relics on the brain. Freeman, uh, Dyson, big big sphere. Yeah. Um, Daystrom. The Daystrom Institute, he's talking about uh, in advanced robotics. And she just drops, yeah, well, Maddox was working on that, and that was his ultimate goal. And I just laughed to myself. It took me one second, because season two is not one of my favorites of next gen, but it took me a second. I'm like, Maddox, Maddox. Maddox, ah, douchebag, gotcha, okay, I was like, ah, yes, I know, measure of a man, cool, and then I'm like, wait, that opens up a lot of possibilities, so I'm like, doesn't adjust, I'm like, that's pretty cool, but if you don't know, if you can't instantly go back to measure of the man, A, know the episode title, B, recognize the name from said episode, and realize the implications of what he was working on. That yes. doesn't actually matter to you. Just they're like, okay, there was a scientist above her. Named Bruce Maddox. Named Bruce Maddox, Bruce Maddox. Who had this idea. And he also had this other idea. And it looks like he succeeded. But he's been missing for a while. He's been missing since the Whoa. since attacked Mars. And what's amazing about it, right, is the allegory that's drawn for us between Maddox. I mean, taking this really to a whole different level. The allegory between Bruce and Dr. Soong is very apparent here. Yeah. If you read the tea leaves. Um, as long as they're decaf. As long he's as they're old. decaf. He's, he's old. It needs to be decaf now. Um, uh, it's, it's wonderful and fascinating. They have so much opportunity. And um, speaking of Measure the Man, so uh, speaking with Father Mills, who's been on the show before. Oh, good old Bob. Yeah, go Bob. Bob, uh, I miss. I'm, I'd like to talk to Bob again sometime. At some point, he'll be here. Um, well, I should also go down there and see your family at some well, point. <coughs> to each his own. Yeah. Um, he had not watched it at last speaking. Yeah. Uh, and he asked me, "Is there anything I should do to prepare for it?" And my answer was immediately yes. And it's not something I had consciously thought of before this point. I said, before you watch Picard, go re-watch Measure of a Man, and it will very fervently enrich what you get out of Picard. I think you also need to watch... Data's uh, Day. Is that the one with, with Lol? No. Oh, I didn't even think about That's, that. That's... Um, um, Heritage? Her I don't remember. doesn't matter. Um, 
Yeah, I think there's actually I think there's a few things that are crucial to watch watch and that not crucial crucial, but beneficial. Be measure of a man. Um, Data's day is a good one because that's the second time that Bruce is really a focal point character. Yeah, even though he's never actually part of the on screen cast, the whole point of that episode is Data communicating to Maddox. Yeah. Um, because he, I mean, he, he of course has no ill will because there is no ill will in Data, right. and it's trying to help him out. But also with Lull, is Data fabricating his daughter. Yes. Um, I'll let, I'll keep talking while you look up that title. Yep. Um, I also think Nemesis. Nemesis would be a great episode. Would it be good episode to watch? And um, the flashback sequence in the 2009 Star Trek movie. When Spock's talking to Kirk in the cave. Yes. So I think I think all that firmly catches you up, and then you watch Children of Mars, and then you watch this first episode. And I think that fully, um, I think that's a sufficient jump forward. Now, if you want to go through more about like Picard's family in the vineyard. Go to uh, family. Family. Yeah, what's the name of that episode? Family, and then um, uh, the first twenty minutes post Enterprise B of Generations. Yeah, there's a lot of little pieces you could watch to really, you know, you could you could actually do a nice little greatest hits mix show clip show, and insert some things in there, and it will give you a firm grasp of what's going on did you find the episode title yet no and i'm surprised i'm having such a difficulty with it just type in lol in memory alpha and it will tell you the episode no that's a good idea um so so you know, if you haven't watched picard yet it minimum i definitely believe um yeah okay that sh- i definitely believe that watching at minimum measure of a man is a really Great, um, so great way to lead into the show. Yeah, Memory uh, Alpha isn't showing me the fucking title. Really? No, this is really unfortunate. Okay, well, doesn't matter. We'll figure whatever. it out. Doesn't matter. Um, all right. I want your. I want your. Okay, the so, Offspring. Fuck the man. Offspring. The name of the Fuck episode yeah. is The Offspring. Okay, so we both, you were satisfied. I actually really, really liked it. It gave me everything I wanted in that first episode, minus a couple gripes, which to me feels makes me feel very nitpicky about said gripes. Um, because I'm also trying to keep the open mind that knowing that it probably will take the first three episodes to complete this little story arc. Like I think the first three episodes... It's not until the end of the third episode that he gets off Earth. Earth. So I think, I think this is all built story build up and launching because also with the eye, the eye to the fact that I think this whole story is going to take the three full seasons to tell. I don't think they're going to magically resolve whatever they need to at the end of one season and have a whole new mission on the second season. I think I they've always pitched this as three seasons. Right. So I I truly believe. That it's going to take thirty episodes, which would be a, a couple more, two episode, two or three episodes more than a traditional twenty-six episode 
single season of next gen. Yeah. But if you include the two parters, then it ends up being twenty eight to thirty episodes, yeah. you know. Um every gripe I've got as a whole, to me, I can easily write off to this is a pilot episode. Okay. Can I can I have an example, please? First gripe. Direction and editing. Some of the a good example, and I, I thought the first time as I saw it, I was like, ah, oh, I'm just being nitpicky. And then I watched it again this morning, I was like, oh, this is painful. Uh, the scene where Jean-Luc and Dodge are sitting drinking tea. The, the quick cut conversation is a little rough from an editing standpoint. And if you listen to the dialogue, it genuinely feels like it's taken from two different conversations. There is a little bit of that, and I don't know if it's again I finding wanna... the best take. Like, didn't and have... like I said, I have it's a direction editing gripe. But to me, like, okay, I felt like there was story purpose for the editing um, style. So when it's just Picard, or it's Picard with the Romulan, his Romulan housekeepers. Um, it's very slow. There's long takes. There's nothing too quick and snappy about it. But every time you go to Dodge, the the editing and the pace picks up. And that when she's there with Picard, anytime she's with Picard, her fervent energy and quickness takes over the pacing. Whereas her scenes are always cut quick and his are slow and measured. And I think that's the contrast of the personalities. And it's trying to... Her trying to pull him back from this slow decline life back into the quickness. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I, I don't Maybe that's a stretch. Maybe that they could... I, I understand if people consider that to be a stretch. Stretch. But when I that was actually my first feeling when I after I first watched it because I had a similar similar feeling to you, but I was trying to figure out well and I had a whole day to think about it like why did why do I think they did this? I, it is definitely I, I can see where Pat Stew is going with his acting methodology right. He is trying to portray a tortured soul. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, and one of the things I did, I was starting to, before we recorded, I was starting to rewatch Measure of a Man. And from just the way he portrays the character and acts, it's very different. It's and very Eremotic syndrome, all good things, Picard. Very much so. Very kind damaged. Of, yeah. He's very weathered. And you get that in his acting. And I hope that we get a little more fire from him i think you were starting to see that yeah i because one of my favorite scenes was him telling off the journalist now it's not because i think journalists are evil or anything like that but there seems to be a i don't like people who tell you they're going to do one thing and then lie right because it suits their agenda whereas you think in the future i would think that the journalist would be more stand-up-ish yeah, or, and it's not that they think they're, it's fake news or anything like that, yeah. or don't trust the fourth estate, or anything of that kind. But more of a, like... Journalistic integrity? Yeah, you uh, you were granted an interview based off of this, so it doesn't mean, like, 
you know, you're, you're J. Jonah Jameson. We're going to get that story any way we can, you know, right. like type thing. But just that whole fact of when he, he mentions Dunkirk and she kind of gives that nod and you're like, she, and I, before he even said that, I'm like, she has no idea what he's talking about. And I, you know what the funny thing is, is I would say the average, the average American doesn't either. Well, I mean, there was last year a movie titled Dunkirk, so... But that, that that only takes you so far. Now, granted, Dunkirk as a movie was wildly successful. Yeah. So but I think that there, still there, only takes you so far. But, okay, there was also The Darkest Hour, which Gary Oldman won an Oscar for, which was the political side of Dunkirk and getting people out. So I think there's more than enough... The means to know that history is easily accessible, and it's not like yeah. them where you have 400 years of separation. Right. Uh, but Though that is one thing I, I will say was a kind of a, a prevalent theme throughout the first episode was know your history. Yeah. Pay attention to history. Yeah. And I think that interview also gave us the answer to our gripe of Children of Mars of why was Utopia Planitia manufacturing disco era ships? And I even wrote it down here was that they were uh, manufacturing, went into overdrive, producing 10,000 warp capable ships. Yeah. So not your new, the newer ships, which are all big and much more high tech. What are the ones that we can easily and quickly fabricate and get out there? Because we also need to save uh, 900 million lives. Right. And whereas the interviewer stressed Romulan lives, and he goes, no, lives. lives. And I thought that was very telling. Well, and I think... About about what Pat Stewart wants. And I think that's the important part. And I think that, that is one of those scenes that if the talking head neckbeards want to get real, real, real cranky about, you know, well, you know... That is that moment is more Star Trek than anything we've seen in Discovery, and I know that's a big statement. No, I would say there's some stuff from Captain Pike in season two of Discovery that is very, very Star Trek. But that moment of just because they're your enemy does not mean that their lives are not valuable. Yeah, they're still lives, right? And um, and that is very relevant in today's society, and. And the funny thing about that is that same poignancy is seemingly one piece of fact that humanity has still yet to learn in our entire history. Yeah. Um, so people who want to say, well, that's that's just real hot button for now. No, you retard. Go watch every piece of war history there is. Talk about everything. about You go back to the Crusades. Good Lord. Like, you can go back in human history and keep going back, and it's the same thing. Yeah. It's the devaluation of life. Yeah. I have, uh, I, I, I have, my, my main gripe, I would say, is, um, the nightmare sequence at the beginning, the, the card poker, poker playing sequence. This is a gripe, really. Yes. Um, though I, just get there and then we'll talk about it. Everything was beautiful. 
I thought that the uniform, Data's uniform was wrong to be on that ship. If he was wearing that uniform, he should have been on the E. And I know in Picard's stream, he was on the D and they were playing poker. And that's a throwback to the end of All Good Things. But if that's the case, then swap the uniforms in the yard, in the vineyard dream where he's painting. Right. That To both of them being in an All Good Things, or not in All Good Things, into a D- the, DS9 era. Or... Movie era. Not the movie era, you know... Either swap swap the uniforms or don't show that uniform whatsoever because that's the uniform he died in. And I get that. But if that's the case, they should have been on the E and not the D. But everybody, it's it's that throwback. If that's and it's throwback. a weird mix-up. I don't have any issues with this. And then it, with, uh, it goes into my gripe, which we're running out of time, about the preview for the next, se- next episode that was on the Ready Room when they look up. And they show the Enterprises. The only two Enterprises they show is the Disco-era Enterprise right. and the D. And I'm like, CBS Viacom merge. It's now CBS Viacom Entertainment or Viacom CBS, whatever it the is. The question I have. And you have the ability to show the other ships that were movie-era only ships. What you? Why, it's a, why is why? it always those two ships? There's been a whole lot of other ones. Show some show some other ones, and maybe that was just the editing of that quick clip. Plausibly, um, my so here's my statement to that is I'm gonna I'm gonna rationalize it for you as you so often do with my grapes. Okay, we don't know when that that digital effect was completed. Was it done before the merger or after? So it, let's say plausibly it was done before the merger, in which case it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it would also make a lot of sense as to why we've seen disco era style ships and shuttlecraft in the preview for the next episode. That's a fucking taxi. <laughs> that's a di- you know, which at that point would essentially be a three hundred year old shuttle. Yeah, let's no. let's that's three hundred years wrong. Two hundred year old shuttle, right? It yeah okay. Oh, one hundred and fifty. It's still really old. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, it, whew, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt here and say that was all done before the merger. Okay. Um, another gripe within that same sequence, which I I didn't mind it. I it turned into a gripe once I saw what fucking idiots on the internet were doing. Okay. And when Data laid laid down five queens, everybody's like, "Oh, Q must be involved." The five queens, that's a Q's, that's Q continuum. There's Q's, Q's doing something here. And I'm like, really, do we have to fucking immediately go to Q and his fucking trickery? Can we not just have it be a dream where nothing makes sense? And it's. Which is a counter to your own argument, by the way. What? If it's a dream and nothing has to make sense, then why are you complaining about Data's uniform on the wrong ship? I understand. I just contradicted myself. I'm just saying it wasn't it wasn't a natural gripe until I saw the internet and everybody then running with it, meaning it's Q. I would say I can understand why why they're picking that ball up and running with it into a wall. Um, it I had a similar conceptual thought, right? Thinking that the way they staged this whole thing was all quite deliberate. Um, five queens could mean many different things in this universe, right? I, I think that that thematically will play in somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say cues themselves being a, a spurn of a conceptual 
you know, conspiracy theory, if you will, um, is important because it allows the creative team to have the freedom to do that if they so choose. <laughs> yeah. And if they choose not to, they can throw it away. Like, it was a dream. What's your problem? Yeah. Now, I am going to lean towards most of what we saw was deliberate every step of the way. So I'm going to say that there was some deliverance to the five queens. We just don't know what that will be yet. Okay. Um, My gripe. Okay. We're going to, we will be going a little long today. So we'll just, we get through this. Sure. Because our listenership really cares if we're right on time. Your gripe, sir. Because I have, I have one more. No, I want to hear yours. Um, you crabby old man. Uh, it's, I don't know how to properly say this without sounding bad. Um, do it. The Zahayan boyfriend. What's wrong with him? Nothing for the fact of, I, I have nothing, no problem with the actor or anything like that. The fact that his species was Zahayan and that species was only just introduced in the short tracks as a lead into disco season two. And it's like, was that just, we just had that makeup and that eye effect easily, easily there to make it budget last or can't, I just would have, it's the same gripe I have with the sequel trilogy of Star Wars where it's like, I want a familiar alien every now and then just throw me one or create a Like whole... you wanted her to date a Ferengi or a Cardassian. Sh- sure. Um, well, no, I knew there would be no Cardassians, but how about... How about an Andorian? How about something Something that we... You want Shran's grandson? I think it would be, be great-great-grandson. Great well, Shran's... They, they live longer, but whatever. Whatever. I, j- just give me... I didn't need it to be a Vulcan. Maybe it would have made more sense if it was a Romulan, but we were already going to get that pairing later. Yeah. Um, I Like I said, I didn't mind. It was just like... I was just like, Zahayan. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, Discovery. And I'm just like... When you're trying so much to separate everything of Picard because everybody's going to be like, it's just going to be Picard doing disco. That's with some of the pre, pre-leading gripes where I was just like, how about we not use an alien that was introduced in Discovery? So here's my response. They're not wrong. Tonally speaking, yes, it's very tonally different. The feeling... It feels more disco than it does next gen. I'll give them that. I well, I I didn't want it to feel like next gen or disco. I wanted it to feel like Picard. I wanted it to feel its own thing. Right, but the natural allegory. What does it? You know, which which way does it lean toward? To me, it definitely feels far more disco than it does. Um, is that is actually? That... You know what? That's a lie. It feels very Abrams esque. I was actually going to say it feels very to me. Season 4, Deep Space Nine. Or even Season 4, Enterprise. I could see that more. Um, I don't know. I definitely felt... Well, I, like felt the whole the, I felt the time there was an Abrams-esque feeling to it. We got a few lens flares, which kind of pissed me off. Yeah. Um... Now I need. We need to get to your gripe. 
We actually already hit it. I just wanted to What was you. was my gripe? The... No, 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 you must say. What was your actual, what was it? It was that this felt like oh. something different. Okay. Like this didn't feel truly different. It definitely felt more like an Abrams level film. Question. Um, I have from a question. A, from a one thing I do absolutely have to want to say is visually, the show is stunning. Um, yes, I like all the beautifully colors. shot, very good tone, um, which they talk a little bit about in the ready room. Um, you know the tonal choices. I loved the archive. Oh, I love the archive too. The quantum archive was wonderful. Um, the interactive again, hologram was hilarious. Again, the only reference to the E we got was the the captain's yacht. Yes, uh, but you saw the stargazer, which wasn't yellow for some reason. His model in his red room was, was yellow. yellow. Yeah, um, and you saw an, a model of the Enterprise D hanging in the, on the wall. Yeah, yeah. but you, you got to see his batleth and his. Dagger and, um, and then you know Captain Picard Day Banner, which and you know it's which is strange that he would have kept that. Well, and that's actually one of the things they talked about in the ready room. I thought yeah. um, you know it's kind of it shows the growth of the, the character. growth of the characters that you know he recognizes the importance of certain parts of his history. Um, I know that some people in the initial previews and stuff saw like that Captain Picard Banner and some of that stuff and were really turned off by it. They felt it was like this enormous amount of fan service, which on the surface it absolutely fucking is. But the way they implement it was so classy. Yeah, and you know what? I, I like some of the other allusions it makes to it because that appears on the episode Pegasus. And the Pegasus has to deal with uh, a Starfleet Admiral doing something with the support of, with the, support of the, the, the Starfleet Council. The Admiralty. The Admiral Council and all that stuff. Uh, that is a violation of treaty and unethical and goes against the morals of what the Federation is supposed to be. And we're back into the era of more bad morals. <laughs> bad <know>? morals. Um, <laughs> that was punny. Yeah, you know, it just, it's just interesting. I'm like, come on. Come on, what happened? You know, Deep Space Nine showed us Admiral Ross. He was good. And well, but us, Admiral yeah. Ross wasn't all good. Into Arma, and I'm Silent Legis. He was, he was, eight times out of ten, a good admiral. True, you know. Um, what was what's the what's the one we don't like? The blonde-haired one, Nechev. Nechev, where you just want to. You just always fucking hate that woman. Yeah, um, you know, and we don't know where what Admiral Janeway was or stood at this point of view. Yeah. Um. But that's a cameo I'd be happy to see. Not going to be this season. Well, yeah, we know that. We know um, Whoopi is going to be there for next season. We know Bob Picardo is going to be there for season two. Yep. Um, Joe. In Endgame, we no. see the future view that he becomes named Joe. Yeah, that's... Lana's grandfather's name. Yeah. Um, okay, I got a question for you. Hi, laddie. Have we seen, in this episode, the new Tal Shiar? Did you think about that at all? I didn't. I did not. And the more you say that, the more it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they were black clad, very... I, mean, I know a lot of people 
would be like, oh, this is an evolution of Section 31. But now, to me, it screamed the new Tal Shiar. You know, they've they were decimated in the Dominion War and wiped out. Uh, Romulus and Remus are destroyed. They're you know refugees elsewhere. So we've yes. seen a couple on. On Chateau Picard, yes, and now we've seen some in the Borg Cube of the reclamation site, which we have know nothing, which is intriguing of itself. Yes, um, but the argument I would make against, and it is a fascinating argument, and it's definitely one that makes you think. And I would, I would venture to say you might be right. Uh, the one argument I would have against it is the weaponry is wrong. Um, and this is the weaponry was very Star Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, yes, there's that. Uh, one of the things that is somewhat humorous, but is factual about the way Star Trek has always historically done things, is they've assigned colors based off of thematics. Yeah, right. And the overarching prevalent color for Romulans is well, there's two. Green. And gray. Giving them an all-black exterior, right, definitely still, you could make that leap for Tal Shiar. Because they were all-black. Yeah. Well, not always, but that's... that's the Tal last Shiar time we was, saw the Tal Shiar was in Deep Space Nine, they were in all-black. Many of them were, not all. We'll, we'll come back to that. But the weaponry itself, the the beam of the weapons were red. That is a color most notably associated from a weaponry standpoint with Federation and Cardassian Ferengi. From from a weaponry standpoint. You don't see I thought the Klingons used that too in their hand and their hand blasters were red, but everything else was green. Uh, it's a mix for Klingons. Okay. The, 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 that that is cinematically they fucked that one up a lot. Okay. Um Yeah, well they fucked that one up a lot. Um, but to that end, every Romulan disruptor we've ever seen fires green. Yeah. Could we, okay, just, it's the new Tal Shiar, but could the Tal Shiar in section 31 have formed something else? Could we be seeing a mixture of things? Absolutely. Right. This next evolution thereof. Because we see Romulans with doing Borg technology. Um, Borg also green. Borg also green. Um, Oh, yeah, that was my other, not gripe, but gripe at the internet, was that the Romulan we see at the end, who's with the sister, everybody's like, I bet you that's Nero's brother. And I'm like, dude, that doesn't fit in the timeline. That's that was, really weird. Yeah, I'm like, why did you make that leap? They're like, oh, Kurtzman, it's going to be Nero's brother. I'm like, that doesn't... That doesn't make any sense. No, that doesn't make any sense, but people were all just going off on it. And it's like, dude... Remember, Romulus happened, the destruction, the supernova, and the attack on Mars was 10 years before. 10 years prior. They say that everywhere with 10-year anniversary. Well, I mean, that theoretically could make it Nero's brother. No, but the guy said, I lost my brother a year ago. He said recently. He, he, or, he said a year ago. Okay. Well, there's a lot of things about this that make little and sense, that guy could be completely full of shit because i think he's an agent of the tal shiar i think he's he's subterfuge is afoot with this man <laughs> the game's afoot yes feel like we're in a mystery of dixon hill proportions yes 
Well, um, overall, so, overall feeling. I'm excited. I can't wait for next Thursday. Um, I will have to watch episode two again on my iPad. <laughs> and then I get back home again and then I'll be able to. And we'll get to record again next weekend? Yes. Yeah. So our goal is pretty much, uh, dear audience, for the next 10 weeks, we're going to be pretty much to be discussing this. Although, uh, in February, Clone Wars returns. So there'll be... So excited! There'll be a little overlap. There was a new trailer, which we're not going to talk about here because we're really out of time. Um, but it's, it's, it's going to be you know, great. One thing we have to do. What? What's our next har? I actually know what I want to do. We've never done it. What? Galaxy Quest. We can do Galaxy Quest. I had an idea for a horror, but I didn't know how it was going to play out. And it was... Um, Spaceballs? No. We were going to watch every episode of Firefly and culminate with the movie Serenity. So... I'm going to say something out there. That you haven't watched the series before. No, I have. Okay. I've watched the whole series. And you don't like it? No. Will you shut the fuck up for a change? <laughs> this is this is a show about talking. We Jesus, talk. Mary It's in and the Joseph. fucking title. Oh, my God. Okay, what is it? Our initial thought process that there was a direct extreme correlation between what we see cinematically from Picard, we've seen before, and that is... Firefly. Yeah. I feel more reinforced after watching the first episode of Picard. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on. Although, can I get my props? Because after the first trailer, I called that it was going to be Data's daughter. We don't know that yet. We, we're... Uh... It's of a sort. It's of a sort. I will give you... I give you 10% credit. I, I want at least 40 Will you settle for 30? 35? 35. Cool. Cool. 35% right so far. But I reserve right to have that go up. Or down. No, just go up. It's just going to go up. It's just going to go down. It's just going to go up. It's just going to go up. It's not, but the I do, it's not the Titanic. I do feel more justified in my statement that this is a lot like Firefly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very a new hopey. Got to get that team together. Yeah. Got to get, get the team together. Got to get the wise old wizard. <laughs> Guinan next season. Yeah, there was that too. So we will... Um, yeah, the possibilities... Do, you, do Okay, do we think Riker's in the next episode or is he in the third episode? I want to say the third episode. I'm going to say... I don't know. Third or fourth? I think it's going to be the next episode because I think the third episode is him getting the team together and at the end of it, it's them getting in the ship and him saying, engage. And that'll be the last shot of the third episode. Okay, so here was a gripe. I know we're like circling the drain and running back Jesus the Christ. I feel as though for the first episode, it should have ended. Should have ended. With Dodge dying. Right? Dodge dies. Picard gets blown off. Scene. Yeah. Oh, you, come on. You and everybody on the internet would be like, What the fuck? I think Way it was, more intense ending. 
I think they, yes, but I think they did it purposely because they didn't want you to be like, what the fuck? They killed her already? Like, they, but, although it would have been ballsy to kill her and not have a sister and have him, but like, the mystery of all this, like, not only did I lose my friend, they just killed my friend's daughter. Fuckers. Right. Like, and it's, and it's, it's Picard doing his taken. I will find you. I have a very special. And I will skill. bring you to justice in front of a trial of your peers. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I'm the general. Berg. Thanks for stopping by.